OU Media Day can only signal one thing, and that's fall camp is about to get underway. We'll have our observations from all of the media availability today, and CBS Sports 1 through 131 rankings. We'll discuss that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? How you doing? Welcome to Lockdown Sooners. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for making Lockdown Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Go check it out over there. Hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. And Josh, I see you're sport- sporting some new gear there uh, in the hoodie department. Yeah, check that out. The Oklahoma City Spark, the newest uh, softball team in the WPF. That's pretty exciting stuff, man. That's right, baby. Got to support the the home squad here. What a day. Oklahoma media days. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I bumped into you. I didn't feel like we got to spend a lot of time together or, or chatting today. It's here I was working a radio show and popping in and out of Oklahoma media days, grabbing interviews here and there. And you were, of course, very, very busy for the Locked On Sooners podcast here. And of course, your work at Sooners Wire. So I didn't feel like we got a lot of time to just sit and, you know, catch up with one another. But, man, what a day for OU Media Days. We heard from a number of different coaches and players. And I guess right off the top, what were some of your big, big takeaways from the players and coaches that you heard from today? Yeah, so I think I want to start with Ted Roof just because he he was the first guy that spoke. And the thing that really stood out to me from – his discussion is, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the linebacker group having, you know, a lot of experience. Well, he's like, well, quote unquote experience. He's, he's not necessarily sold on all the experience that they have, but he is sold on the depth and the competition that is ongoing at the position. You, you look at David Aguebu, uh, Danny Stutzman, uh, Deshaun White, uh, you know, Shane Whittier. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, you know, just the, those top four guys that, that are going to be competing for snaps. Um, at linebacker TD roof. He, he spent some time talking about TD as well and just talked about how like the linebacker position, there's nothing really set in stone just yet. Uh, you've got a guy in you know, Deshaun white, who is probably your, your top returner in snaps. David Aguebu follows after that, but I mean, they're letting these guys compete and it's nothing is set in stone in the fall uh, as of now. Uh, and then he, he he talked about a guy like David Aguebu and how he really worked really hard this offseason to transform his body to make himself more of a Mike linebacker. And and you know I, I would mention this later, but you know as we're on the topic, you know I spent some time talking with with David uh, during the media session and and asked him about that. And he's like, well, uh, or maybe it was even Eddie Radosovich that asked him uh, some of it as well. But in essence, just the the conversation became. I always felt, or David always felt like he had this fallback as a defensive end. And so never really took kind of taking care of his body as seriously, maybe as he should have if he were going to play the linebacker position. And so he said he, he got down to 242 pounds. I mean, he's a tall dude. He's like 6'4", something like that. So he's got a lot of size, a lot of length, uh, but got down to a better playing weight for him. And he says he's playing faster 
which I think is going to, is going to be huge. I mean, we know the guy's a playmaker. I mean, who, who can't remember? Like I remember very vividly uh, just a diving interception off of a deflection that he made. I want to say it was red river 2020, maybe uh, where he, yeah, it was just a super athletic play. And so we know that the dude's got the athleticism to play linebacker at a pretty high level. It's just a matter of like getting his body in the right, sense and 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 i asked him i said hey so what kind of uh kind of healthy eating tips do you have for some of us who might need to make some different lifestyle choices and he said put the candy down at nighttime don't eat any sugar before going to bed eat some fruit things like that so i was like all right i'll I'll take that i'm gonna roll with that but that was kind of one of the the kind of the first things as far as ted roof is concerned that really stood out to me is just the linebacker core and all the competition there what about you was there anything from ted roof's media availability that really stood out to you so David Awebu, I didn't get the chance to sit down and catch up with David today. So essentially part of what he shared was the thought that, you know, I wasn't super focused on cutting pieces out of my nutrition, out, you know, out of my uh, diet simply because I didn't know if eventually I was going to get moved up front. Yeah. I mean, he, I think it was one of those, like, I, I could always move back to defensive end. So I kind of want to keep my, you know, can I keep Wait that up. flexibility a little bit? Yeah. Um, but when they came in and said, no, you're a linebacker, I think that really, you know, put it in per- in perspective for him. And he decided to get really serious about his nutrition and, and how he took care of his body. And he, he even alluded to the idea that a lot of guys kind of came to that realization, too, is that, you know, it, it's not just enough to be really good at what you do or um, really athletic or, you know, have the best mindset, you, you have to worry about the small things too. And that's nutrition and, and how you watch what you put into your body because it affects everything else. And I, and I think that's a really interesting piece of insight that he provided there that, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a holistic approach, which is what Brent, Brent Venables has been preaching since day one uh, that he took the Oklahoma job is this holistic approach to caring for the person, um, on and off the field. And I think that translates to a guy like Aguebu taking care of the diet aspect of that and and the nutritional science aspect and, and how, you know, he fuels his body to be able to get out there and perform well. It's a great opportunity for David Aguebu as well. He'll have certainly a great chance alongside, I mean, do we, did you get the impression today from Ted Roof that nobody is penciled in? as a starter in his mind in terms of linebackers, I kind of got that impression that at least that's, that's what he's trying to sell those guys going into camp. But if there was one guy that probably you feel, feel pretty safe is going to wind up a starter is Deshaun white, just because of his history at Oklahoma and all of the production that he's had. We uh, didn't really hear from Deshaun white today, but uh, you heard from Aguebu. I spent a lot of time, talking with Danny Stutzman just since we're on the subject of linebackers and Danny Stutzman is somebody that just oozes confidence, uh, oozes personality. So he's an easy guy to root for. If you haven't seen pictures and video of Danny Stutzman from Oklahoma media day, he has officially, or he did, he bleached the hair over the summer. He calls it his uh, Augusty look, and he hasn't decided whether or not he's going to stick with the bleached hair for the 2022 football season. But Man, he does He does sound like somebody that understands, okay, I got a little experience in 2021, and now it's all systems go for me. Uh, if what Ted Roof is selling is true, that, you know, both Deshaun White and David Awebu 
and TD Roof and Danny Stutzman and on and on and on, even down to the true freshman in the mix, Tashi and Witter in there before the true freshman. But the Kobe McKenzie's, the Kip Lewis's of the world, the Jaron Canick's of the world, if truly everybody is in the mix with, you know, a little bit of a premium put on some experience and having been around here a little bit, that would factor in for Danny Stutzman. And the fact that, again, that's not totally locked up for maybe a Deshaun White or a David Awebu sets Danny Stutzman up to be that player that a lot of people, John, I think feel like Danny Stutzman can be in 2022. I don't know how many publications you and I have sat here and talked about or on the radio side that I've talked about with Chris Plank where Danny Stutzman has been that popular breakout pick, not just defense, but just offense, defense collectively for Oklahoma. And talking to him today, I did get a sense of, okay, he wasn't going to outright say that, but I did get the just kind of impression that he feels like, yes, he's got a big chance in 2022 to be that type of breakout candidate for Oklahoma. Yeah, it's interesting. I, and I think you're onto something there. I think there's a reason why his name keeps coming up. Uh, I mean, he performed well in the spring game when he got opportunities in 2021. He, he performed well. It's just this, this, uh, this veil, this, there's a cloud of doubt right now over how any of the depth chart really looks. I mean, there's there's very few positions where it seems like there's guys that are really solidified and set in stone. I mean, there's definitely some guys, but it seems like linebacker, they're just going to allow this competition to continue to take place throughout fall camp. And we should get some, and, and who knows, maybe it's one of those things that will take place throughout the year. Like, you know, maybe it's, you know, week one, it's Deshaun White and David Aguebu. Maybe something happens in week two, you get Danny Stutzman and TD Roof. Maybe it's one of those things they're just kind of going to look to see what's the best mix and match for all these guys to get everybody on the field and get everybody playing time. Because, I mean, we know like it's it's a war of attrition. You run a lot of plays out there. Guys get hurt. It You're better served having guys that you can rely on. And you really only feel like you can rely on them if you get them out on the field. And I, and I think, yes, competition is going to serve them well, but – to me, if I'm making a guess right now, the, the hierarchy would probably be you know, Deshaun White, Danny Stutzman, David Awebu. But that, you know, Stutzman and Awebu, that could be, you know, they could, that could flip flop. I mean, they could be 1A, 1B, and it's just going to depend on matchups and situations. I, I think that could be very, very well be the case. You know, maybe it's Awebu and Deshaun White on rundowns. Maybe it's, you know, Danny Stutzman coming in on, on passing downs. It, who knows at this point? I think we're all just kind of guessing a little bit. But what's what's encouraging is that they feel really good about the group that they have, and whoever's going to come out of that group is going to be a pretty good player. And we'll continue to dive in. We got offensive guys to talk about as well, and and more defensive stuff to talk about. I mean, we got a, a whole host of takeaways from the media availability today. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Like right now, Oklahoma, they're over, under on win total, nine and a half. If you missed out on the eight and a half that it was a couple months ago, I mean, this is going to be your last chance to get it, get in on it before it gets up to like 10 and a half. Um, so if you want to get in on that, Oklahoma right now plus 200 favorite to win the Big 12 championship, according to Bet Online. .net. So now's your time. If you want to get on that, the, the gap has kind of widened a bit between Oklahoma and Texas, whereas it was very narrow a couple months ago when the, the uh, odds were first released. Oklahoma is kind of opening up a little bit of gap according to the, the odds makers. So go to betonline.net 
It's the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. Again, betonline.net. Uh, so, Josh, you know, we, we talked some on the defensive side. Um, we, I mean, we might have to spend several episodes this week just hashing out what the assistants had to say, too, because there's just so much. But let's get into what Jeff Levy had to say, too, because the thing that really stuck out to me on that was Eric Gray. I mean, we've talked on this show about just kind of the uncertainty of, as far as how much Eric Gray can kind of be that bell cow back, but it sounds like they're going into the season expecting big things for Eric Gray in 2022. It does. It definitely does. You get that impression from Jeff Levy. I get that impression too from Brent Venables, which is as important, probably more important than Jeff Levy because he's the head football coach. And if Brent Venables wants Eric Gray getting the bulk of the carries in 2022, Eric Gray is going to be getting the bulk of the carries in 2022 if that's what Brent Venables wants. And you do get, again, that impression from, I think, both Levy, his comments today, and not even necessarily what Venables had to say today, just kind of the collection of what we heard from Venables today, what we heard from Venables about Eric Gray dating back to Big 12 media days throughout the caravan circuit. Uh, we, We got to talk to Eric Gray today. And one of the questions, John, you were standing right there, I think when I was asking Eric Gray about this, and we'll pull this video up. I I don't have it chopped up for you tonight, but we'll have it before weeks in. I was curious how Eric felt about his running style fitting into what Jeff Levy wants to do. And basically what he said was, it's a perfect match. Feels like he lit up. He he did. Yes. He, He felt like, okay, this is, maybe perhaps what I've been waiting on. And you know me, I haven't always been the most optimistic in recent weeks, just collectively about where Oklahoma is at, at the running back position heading into this season. And I got to say, Eric, Eric Gray, listening to him today, listening to the way these coaching staff has talked about him. It's starting to sway me a little bit that maybe they've got something that they feel pretty confident in, in Eric Gray. And maybe he is poised to have that breakout year. Yeah, that's kind of what I came away with too, is hearing the coaches talk and then hearing Eric Gray talk and then watching him light up when he said, this is the offense I've been wanting to be in. Like, this is going to be perfect for me. It's going to fit everything that I do really, really well. And I think you also asked him just kind of like what, how his style kind of fit. And, you know, and he's like, well, I'm, I can kind of be a power runner too. And then he talked about his legs and I was standing right by him and this, sorry, Eric, but I didn't look at your legs. I glanced down at him and they were ginormous. They were huge. Like his thigh was as big as my trunk, like as big as my chest. Like it was huge. So he might be short in stature, but the dude's going to run with some power and he's going to have some power behind those, those, you know, with those legs of his, I mean, he's, he's a stout dude. And we know that he's got a game breaking ability. Like he can make big plays happen. And I think, And I'm going to go back to last year. And I think they just gave up on him too quickly. Now, Kennedy Brooks had a great season, but I feel like they never really got, gave him an opportunity after that West Virginia game to have much of an impact throughout the rest of the year. I mean, he'd have a play here, a play there, you know, three carries here on a series, but, and it's just one of the many things that was so weird about last year is the inconsistency of opportunities, um, for some of these players, because we saw early in the season that Eric Gray could be a dynamic player for him. And then, you know, the Nebraska game, he led the team in rushing and then West Virginia didn't go so well, but again, a good West Virginia defensive front. And then the rest of the year, it was just like, he was non-existent. And so, I mean, 
on the bright side, he's a fresh running back. He's not going to be having a lot of wear and tear on his body. But yeah, that, that was kind of the thing that the biggest thing that stood out for me. I think the other thing, like, you know, they're, they're really confident in the idea that Dylan Gabriel is going to be able to have a very, very productive season in 2022. As they should be. And Dylan Gabriel should be confident in that. This is so minor and probably unimportant in the pantheon of how fans should feel about this Oklahoma team and their quarterback going into this season. But I did take note of the fact that Dylan Gabriel, as he was walking in to the podium to, you know, do his interview press conference style today. I mean, he's, he's fist bumping people, John, on his way up to the the podium. I mean, we've seen that before at Oklahoma Baker Mayfield comes to mind as a quarterback that kind of operated that way. And yet that, I don't know what I was expecting from Dylan Gabriel, but I, I don't know that I was expecting him to, to give me the fist bump on his way to the podium today to, to be that type of comfortable, to be that type of engaging. But it, it illustrates a little bit what we heard from Eric Gray and some of his other teammates today that he's just he's that kind of leader, right? I mean, he, he, it's his energy's infectious. He has had that relationship with Jeff Levy, the understanding of the playbook, all of that. I mean, he seemed to me, like if we're talking takeaways from today, John, just Dylan Gabriel being comfortable. I, I thought he seemed right at home today. And I know that, again, that's not going to determine whether or not he hits, you know, a 10-yard comeback route or if he makes the right decision and, you know, moves away from a hot read here and there and this and that, all these different things that go into playing the quarterback position effectively or ineffectively. But, man, I, I like the the way that he was – I like the vibes that he had today. He seemed comfortable. He seemed right at home in Norman. Yeah, I mean, I talked last week about how you really hadn't seen much like of the swagger, you know, that we've seen in previous quarterbacks. But he definitely brought some swag today as he made his entrance. It was like, you know, WWE superstar kind of going down. And, you know, like you said, fist bumping. Brandon Drum of OU Insider was taking a picture of him with his phone. And and Dylan Gabriel gave him a wink. I was like, dude, who's this guy? He's like, he's just oozing confidence. And I think the right kind of confidence, not this, you know, braggadocious, you know, but he's, like you said, you mentioned it comfortable. And I, and I think that that definitely resonates um, with his teammates. You know, if, if your quarterback's comfortable with what everybody's supposed to be doing, what he's doing, it just creates a lot of confidence for everybody else down the line, down the roster. And I think that that's a good thing. Um, what about Brent Venables? Like, I mean, this was a different Brent Venables than I think we've seen, in his first you know, nine months on the job with the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. What do you make of that? He has been described by some today as subdued. Is it just the wear and tear of, you know, hey, I've done a lot of caravans and we just got done with Big 12 Media Days and, oh, my goodness, we got another OU Media Day and this is the most that he's been required from a media standpoint as a head football coach, I mean, w- welcome to the show as the head football coach, the request for you from a media standpoint, not even just a media standpoint. I think of that because, I mean, obviously we're in the media. And so I, I think of us, you know, at the forefront of that, but just the obligations that you have in part of that being your media responsibilities as a head football coach, that's a different world than what you've had before as a player, as an assistant coach. So I don't know if it's just the grind of all of that. If, uh, or if it's, I mean, is it, Hey, it's 
now we're getting serious Brent Venables. Not that we haven't gotten serious Brent Venables in, you know, throughout the spring of the off season or whatever, John, but I mean, it, it definitely was quiet, subdued. It was not, you know, it was not blowing and going Brent Venables. If I can steal his own phrase from big 12 media days. And I don't know why that is. Is it just the fact that fall camp is here and, Again, now it's time to crank up the the serious meter. I, I don't know. Was he worn out? What What do you make of it? So I have two theories here. One, he they just had a big weekend party at the palace. They had camp last week, um, and then you know the viral video that went out. You know the the re reuse of the video from uh, an earlier press conference this spring, and just all of the kind of the backlash, the kind of the media firestorm that that created unright, like unrightfully. So, you know, potentially maybe did, did that affect just kind of his way, the way he kind of views the media, maybe he's being more reserved with what he says. Um, not that he views the media in a, in a negative light or a positive light, just maybe he's just going to be kind of, he's going to hold back some, some things and not be so animated, not be so um, quick to give an analogy. Uh, because- I hope not. That, that would be, incredibly disappointing this early in his tenure and you know he's been so good so far yeah and and i and i don't think that that's the that's the theory i would go with but i think the theory i would go with is that this coaching staff is just tired of talking they're ready to get to work like they're ready for football to begin and fall camp is happening it starts on thursday and so they can see it they can they can feel it they can itch it and that's the thing i feel like the the big takeaway I got from everybody today was that they were just ready to get going. Like they're tired of talking. They're tired of talking about expectations, turnover, transfers in, transfers out, you know, who's going to step up on the depth chart, comp, you know, you know, position competitions. Like they're ready to see all that play out on the field. That was kind of the thing that really struck me and how I felt like, okay, this Brent Venables, the most concise Brent Venables we've seen to date is just this Brent Venables who's ready to get to work and he's ready to put it on the field and let the let the actions do the talking. Dylan Gabriel even mentioned that, like in his you know podium time, he said we're ready to let our actions do the talking. And you know the the team they get their cues from the coaches, especially the head coach. And Brent Venables didn't use those words, but his attitude today it just it just looked like a guy who's ready to let the actions do the talking and be done with the prognostications, the predictions, the expectations, the talk of last season, the talk of the coaching turnover, the talk of how excited he was to get the job. He's ready to get to work. And that's the thing that really stood out to me about his time and really just the whole day in general. And I mean, we've got so much more to break down because every assistant was available. Uh, several players you know, were available. We got a lot of things that we can touch on and we'll continue to touch on that this week. Uh, Josh is going to talk to us about home field apparel. Yeah, but before we oh. end, before we end tonight's show, I think we got to talk about Theo Weiss, who talked to the media as well. Obviously, he's going to be gigantic, you would think, for 2022. And then I, I spent a good amount of time with Jay Valais, so I've, I've got some thoughts there as well. But you are right. We love home field apparel. You can see it in the backdrop there on the YouTube side. If uh, you're watching along with us, John Williams, he's got the shirts right behind him. All sorts of retro gear, 15 different pieces in the collection. They've got T-shirts. They've got hoodies. They've got anything you would want, those retro marks, crewnecks as well. Homefieldapparel.com. You can use our code 
Locked on Sooners at checkout to get uh, 15% off your first order for, for new customers. That is Locked on Sooners, the code, our code at checkout over at homefieldapparel.com. So Theo Weiss was, has been one of the big storylines for Oklahoma's wide receivers this offseason. And let's just start here. I thought it was a positive sign that Oklahoma had Theo Weiss right there available talking to everybody for OU Media Day. I mean, to me, we, we know this. I mean, he was a part of things throughout the spring, John. But, again, that indicates to me no setbacks in the in-between for Theo Weiss. And he should be he should be ready to go for this season, which is gigantic for OU. Yeah, I spent a little time talking with Theo. And great dude. Like, this is my first time to really get to chat him up a little bit. And I asked him, I was like, what was it like, you know, getting back on the field? Uh, for the spring game and what was it like when you made that first catch and here's what he told me he's like honestly it all felt fake like it wasn't it didn't feel real to him that he was back on the field back catching balls and he says it was a blessing to be back out there Uh, and he even told me he's like I'm just getting chills thinking about how it felt to be back on the field and then you know after he made his first catch and I I mean it was the first touchdown Marvin Mims looked over and said he's back and and Theo Weiss is like yeah I'm back and I think that was great. Like that was a really, really great sign. And it's always a positive when a guy who is as popular of a player as Theo Weiss is, is able to make it back from injury. And yeah, the dude looks confident. He talked about being up to 205 pounds, which is going to be the biggest playing weight he's had uh, since being in Oklahoma. And that's only going to benefit him. You know, it's going to help make him better at breaking tackles and making plays after the catch. It's clear too, that he's highly motivated to make, 2022 his best year as an Oklahoma Sooner because guess what John we were having that same comp uh, same conversation going into last season with Theo mm-hmm. Weiss that he was pretty motivated to make 2021 his best year on campus so far and that was after you know he was really pretty good for Oklahoma in the 2020 season I mean he was one of uh, OU's best wide receivers for that run to a Big 12 championship and yet I do think for Theo Weiss, because of the injury, because of the way that his career has played out at Oklahoma, there's been, of course, just the the injury in general, there's been frustration, but you combine it with, okay, I came into Oklahoma as a five-star. And I I tried to ask him a little bit about this today. I, you know, basically just asked Theo, hey, a little extra motivation for you to kind of live up to the billing that you arrived into Norman with. And he said, yeah, absolutely. He's ready to go. He wasn't ready to jump into the whole five-star status thing, but you know on some level that's there, John, in the back of Theo's mind. And, oh, by the way, here's a storyline that probably Theo Weiss will get asked about at some point. The other part of that trifecta that he came in with, for obviously different reasons, Trajan Bridges and Jaden Hazelwood, they're both gone. So Theo Weiss is the last man standing of that trio of that – five-star wide receiver group that came to Oklahoma. And you know that, again, on some level, the five-star status, the fact that he's the last one of those three, John, that has to mean something to him in the sense that I want to go justify the expectation that I came here with. And, man, I think before it's all said and done in 2022, I think it's exactly what Theo Weiss is going to do. And I think it's important for us to remember, like, he was in the transfer portal and decided to come back. And I think that that should resonate a lot with Oklahoma Sooners fans. Like, this is a guy that wanted to be a part of this program. There was some uncertainty with the coaching change and everything that went down, but he decided to come back. Like, he wanted to be a part of this. 
And again, two years ago, back in 2020, he tied with Marvin Mims for the team lead in, in receptions, tied with Marvin Mims for the team lead in first down receptions, according to Pro Football Focus. So he's one of your two best wide receivers. He should start on the outside alongside Marvin Mims. And I think he's going to have a great year. He, sh- he showed he was back in the spring game. I mean, made some really great plays at a big, you know, the big touchdown reception. Uh, and so I think this is going to be a really, really great year for him. Uh, real quick, you wanted to talk about Jay Valai. I didn't get a chance to talk with him much. So what were some of your kind of big takeaways from meeting with Jay Valai? I just think he's impressive, man. I just think he's impressive. It was fun listening to him kind of rattle off all of the different coaches that he's worked with. Kirby Smart, you know, Nick Saban, up and down. He's had a extensive, extensive history with a bunch of impressive people. And I, I know for Jay Valai, the question keeps coming back. Okay, well, you've kind of been all over the place. Why have you not settled down in one place? And why OU? He, he struck me as, man, he is really, really happy to be in Norman, Oklahoma, right here and right now. And you know what? Th- this was not something he and I discussed today, but – just what Oklahoma's kind of starting to do on the recruiting trail, I think speaks volumes to the buy-in that Jay Valai uh, is getting on the recruiting trail and what type of coach he's going to be at Oklahoma. I love to ask him, you know, this was a pass defense, John, that quite frankly was not very good last season. And while I didn't necessarily phrase it in quite quite that light for Jay Valai. I basically just asked him, hey, now that you've had the film study in a spring and this and that to look back on what this team was like a year ago, what do you need to do better in 2022 to be the pass defense that you want to be? And really, John, it came down to pre-snap checks, right? Being, being aware of what the offense is going to do on a given play. He said, not thinking you know what they're going to do knowing what the offense is going to do based on, you know, tendencies you've seen in the film study. So I thought that was pretty interesting that really they're putting a heavy, heavy emphasis on everything from a defensive back standpoint, and particularly, obviously, since it's Jay Valai corners and nickelbacks, what happens pre-snap? I mean, that is going to be an incredibly important puzzle piece for Oklahoma on uh, how they defend the pass in, well, 2022 and beyond, just based on what Jay Valai was saying today. Yeah, you can, you can win a lot of reps and win a lot of snaps just by knowing what you're supposed to be doing and what the offense might do uh, in pre-snap just based on their formations and tendencies. And so that, that's a huge part of the game, the mental game. We always talk about the twitchiness and you know the footwork and the technique, but a lot of it, it starts up, up top in the head and, and being able to know uh, the route capabilities of the guy lining up across from you. And so that, that's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. I mean, he, he's having a really good recruiting you know, run right now too. He got Josiah Wagner a couple weeks ago. Oklahoma keeps getting projections for another four-star cornerback in Makari Vickers. So things are really looking up for Jay Valai, and it's definitely going to be one of those guys to continue to follow. And I think it's going to be really intriguing to see, can we see Woody Washington go to another level? DJ Graham get to another level. These these guys that transferred in, CJ Cold and Kanai Walker, what what's their role going to be? And I think we'll see more how that plays out as fall camp uh, transpires. But that's going to do it for today. We're going to have to push the CBS Sports rankings to another day because we had so much great content just from OU Media Day. And we'll have more takeaways on our next show because we had a lot of players to sit down with. Fall camp, it is here, baby.
Yeah, football is back. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Make sure you're tuned in wherever you get your podcasts for free and avail- available on all platforms. I've been up since 3 o'clock this morning. We're, we're pushing 20 hours of awake time. Yeah, right get some sleep. After my trip to Norman and back to eastern Oklahoma. So you can check it out Locked On Sooners wherever you get your podcasts. It's free and available on all platforms and on YouTube. Go subscribe to the channel over there. We're pushing you know we're well over 2300 subscribers now trying to get to 2500 or more uh, by the time the 2022 season starts so help us reach our goal but for josh helmer i'm john williams we'll catch you next time boomer sooner